PlayStation. Oh yes, indeedy, and welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station Dynasty podcast. Joined by my usual suspects, Pointer Sixty Nine. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you, Chris. Um, you know, good to be back again, spitting some content out there it's on the, the podcast. Wavelength, shoving it in your ears. Yeah. Oh, I get guest uh, two months. How are you, mate? Yeah. It's actually two million. That was the amount of points that I needed from Aaron Jones, and he got them for me. So, yeah. <laughs> it's the amount of uh, Twitter followers that we need as well. Yeah, to start getting paid seventy-five dollars an hour, right? <laughs> That's it, mate. That's it. But uh, yeah, look, week two in the books. How do we feel? Enjoyed that week. Tell you what, there's been some good games early on here. Yeah, um, not so much in the early games, but. Uh, Pretty much all four of the later games and all the two island games were both fantastic. So, yeah, good uh, good game with the Chiefs Ravens. Ravens finally knocked them off. Uh, Cardinals Vikings. That was a fun game. Uh, even last Friday's football team versus the Giants. That was a bit of fun. Petey, any uh, any any game that stood out to you, mate? Well, it's hard because there there were a lot of good games. Um, oh, just watching Minnesota miss another. Um, <laughs> Field goal was pretty, pretty good for me. I'd actually uh, just conceded, <laughs> I conceded <laughs> defeat for the Cardinals. I was like, oh god, yeah, here we go again. I mean, I don't hate Minnesota or anything. It's just, it's just like it's just that narrative of when the game's on the line, the kicker can't get it done for them. Like they've, they've been so close in so many big games, and it always seems they fall short by a bloody kicker. It's absolutely classic, and I love it. I saw um on the the question thread for the living the stream podcast today on twitter somebody asked is it inappropriate to send my child dressed up as a a minnesota vikings kicker to mike zimmer's house on halloween night (laughs) terrifying he he doesn't look like a type of person that could could take a joke i don't think like from (laughs) from from his press conferences and what you see from him he's very very stern and uh not a lot of uh, humor to him (laughs) Oh dear. It would be funny though. It would be funny. But yeah, no, cracking week. Week two in the books. Uh, here we are back at again. Uh, bit of content for you this week. We're looking at some free agents coming up in 2022. I know it's a little bit early, but you know, you've got to watch them in, in 2021 and, and see if they're worth either getting rid of them before they have the drama of the contract chats or uh, keeping them with the, the hope that these guys hit a, a good landing spot. So we're going to talk about that. But first of all, There we go. How did that sound? Pretty good? <clears throat> Pretty unimpressive, to be honest. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beer review of the week. Uh, this one's coming out here from the Blue Mountains. Brew Mountain Brewery, in fact. That's a cracking name, by the way, for a, a brewery. Brew Mountains Brewery. Uh, they, they could have a, a job in the fantasy football team naming with that kind of kind of stuff. But uh, look, we're looking at a... Just a sneaky mid-strength here, uh, 3.7 ABV, pretty much spot on the one standard drink. Volume, 330ml, it was actually a bottle, but uh, I had a can lying around, <laughs> so I, I wanted that, that can sound. But, uh, you know. Wait, so you've, cr- you've cracked uh, two beers? I've cracked a Canadian Club and Dry as well, <laughs> <laughs> so you can say I'm podcast. double parked. Oh. Uh, but yeah, look, I'll live. Um, so this is a golden ale, in fact. Uh, nice little yellow label on the on the front of it. Pretty nice beer, actually. Had a had a sip just before we started, just so I had a you know a bit of a palate cleanse. Um, 
Yeah, look, it's it's not a not a bad beer. I'm I'm usually the the kind of guy that likes my beer to taste like beer rather than passion fruit and fruity crap. Uh, this one actually tastes quite like beer, which is which is what I like to see. Um, so yeah, You're look, really painting good. me a word picture here. Yeah, look, what if you like the taste, taste of like beer, if you like the taste of beer instead of fruit in your beer, then this is the beer for you. I could actually probably drink this all day rather than just you know your. You kept telling me I oh, you, you wouldn't want to have a sesh on this. I'd probably have a sesh on this. So there you go. That's that's big wraps from CMOS because you know standard super dry drinker. Player player comparison is pretty tough for this one. It's a, a yellow label. Um, look, it could go all day. So you know who do they call all day? Adrian Peterson. Yeah, so it's gonna. I'm gonna call him Adrian Peterson. <coughs> Uh, Vikings back in the day when he played for them, they have a little bit of yellow, so that works. Yeah, a little bit of gold, in fact. Yeah, a little bit of gold, even. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in that. It's yeah, right. my player comparison. Could drink all day. So there we go. Job done. Which so I mean, like you know, for a first round pick. It's a big call. Would I trade it for a first round pick? Late first, early second. I think for this one. Late first, early second. So could so could rush play. could rush for two thousand yards in a year. Could also yes. beat his kid with a stick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's called last man standing, right? So it's just whack yeah. anyone out of the way. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Uh, Unfortunately, Brewery, Frank Gore ended up uh, getting Adrian Peterson in the last man standing competition. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't oh, yeah, I get last you. I get longer you. in the NFL. Yeah, probably. I get you. I get you. I get you. But yeah, solid beer. Uh, would have again. There you go. Uh, hopefully, uh, that that you know brought some sponsors on board, and next week we'll have four cartons to share with you. <laughs> we'll see how we go. All right, let's move on. Let me get to my show doc here, so I know what's going on. Standard uh, start to the podcast. We'll go from beer review of the week into our rookie of the week. Now, plenty of options here for us. Uh, you know what, viewers, you can kick us off, mate. Yeah, I think there's a pretty clear number one here in. Rondell Moore for me, uh, three points for him. This a, I did say last week that um, I thought it was a bit of a, you know, we're winning. Let's see if we can just force feed him the ball. But um, they've they've clearly got a Cliff's clearly got a plan for him, and they're using him on plays. He's getting targets. He's making plays whenever he gets the ball. So he's looking like uh, he could be the real deal. Yeah, I'm glad I made this call on uh, Fig Jam Sports Dynasty Podcast. If anyone listens to that, I made a bit of a guest appearance on there and was telling everyone to go and pick him up. So that was that was good for me. So I'm just going to toot my own horn for once because it's very rare that I toot my own horn unless yeah, you're talking it's about like titles. not like you at all. No, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, he got my three points as well. Uh, he's doing this off just, just minimal snap percentage too. Um, it's gone up from 29% from the first week to 46%. Uh, in week two, which is which is what you want to see for these rookies, but um, yeah, he's, he's doing this off off kind of you know. I was going to say minimal volume, but seven receptions is also quite high as well. Um, yeah. One big play, which was kind of just blown coverage, I guess. Kyler went on the scramble and then found him lurking on the sideline, and he he kind of ran it in for seventy yards. So uh, that does help. Whether you can kind of bank this every week that he's going to be scoring, you know, the ten to twelve fantasy points every week it's going to be hard to do when you're only on the field half the time um, but as as you just said you was they're, they're finding ways to use him 
um, which is definitely what you want to see. So I think it's going to be too late to go and acquire this guy. Uh, I think people are going to be wanting, you know, first-round picks, or if you're Stracco, probably three or four first-round picks um, to try and get him. But, yeah. Peter? Oh, yeah. He was mine as well. So <laughs> I don't have anything more to say than what the two of you said. I think it was pretty clear compared with, uh, not, I would say, a lot less competition. Um Apart from Najee, who came in second, I think he had a, a step up from last week's game, and, and and he played really well. I think getting to see what we you want from him out of your first round pick, um, I think he hasn't had that level of massive game that you see some of these running backs have had in, over the first two weeks, like yes, some of the more seasoned pros. But he's having enough fancy points that you should be, um, you know, comfortable starting him now, and uh, hoping hoping for the best going forward. It's it's interesting hearing people still talk about Najee as like oh no yeah look he's still he's still crap. I was like the guy played pretty bloody well. I mean ten for thirty eight's not not great, but five catches off five targets, forty three yards and a tutty. Um, you know that's nothing to sneeze at. He was on the field I mean, less than last week. He had five percent break this week, which is just concerning. They haven't played amazing yet either or anything like that. But he's it's the things you want to see from a running back like it's opportunity and. He can catch a pass. He's not just relying on running. Yeah, he might not be running the ball um, really well. But some of these times, it's, it's weird how sometimes some of the better teams struggle to run the ball, like get good statistic run yards out of their running backs, whereas some of the bad teams do because they're just like, in, like it's how the game script goes and things like that. He's But he's doing what you want from a player in that position. I think... Um, like they have also played two good teams at the moment. We probably wouldn't have said the Las Vegas Raiders were a good team prior to the season, but they've actually looked pretty good at the moment. And he's played the Bills, right? And they're both pretty yeah. decent and, and heavily defensive-minded, those teams. So I think it's, you know, you've got to have the hope that you can see better going forward, but you also got to be happy that they've got through these matchups. Like, not every running back... Um, when you see some of these, like you know, more difficult matchups on on the card, when they come into them, you've got to expect that you know there's a, a knock off the, you know, the ceiling of these plays in that in that matchup, and I think he's sort of kept the floor high that you're happy with it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and the fact that he's on the field almost 100 percent of the time. I mean, why why are you worried about that? It'll come. The offensive line is still not there. You know, maybe it makes some improvements throughout the year. The schedule, you know, it's not simple it's it's a difficult schedule but you know they they're gonna have to use him right like i don't know i I find it weird that people are are worrying about him i mean dynasty value is still exactly the same right he's shown exactly what you wanted to see he's on the field 100 percent of the time he's catching passes yeah he's not running well but you know benny snell got on the field for two carries for one yard so he's not doing any any worse than a backup running back because it's just it flabbergasts me but yeah he got my two points as well you was anything you wanted to add on Najee? No, two points to he was yeah pretty solid. I must admit I didn't follow this game that closely, um, and then sort of listening to some podcasts as a, a wrap up after the game, they were kind of like, oh, it was pretty average. And then I looked at his score, I was like, I'd be pretty stoked with that. So mm. I was a bit. Um, I have to go back and, and watch a bit of tape on it. But I think they're more just worried about the fact that he's you know only three point six yards per carry or whatever, and he just didn't look heaps good running the ball. But I mean, the offensive line isn't exactly helping him. So I think Big Ben is not helping him either. Like Big well, yeah, Ben he's not didn't look great. Um, so maybe it's just they, that's also a good thing for him. That means they're going to lean on him a bit more. So um, 
if that's how they want to play the game. You got no. Oh, it's, it's likely Deontay Johnson's going to be out for a bit. I would think. <clears throat> so, well, wasn't that a tragic story? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand sometimes these football coaches. <laughs> yeah. I anyway. mean, I also complain about the same thing. You're like, oh, there's only ten minutes to go and we're down twenty-one <laughs> points. We'll just put in the second team or. You know, we're up by seven and it's the first half. Better start uh, just running the ball out to try and kill the clock. Like, they just seem scared of making a play in case someone gets hurt. And I just hate... It just seems like a recipe to get hurt. Mm. Being being afraid of getting hurt. But um, yeah, exactly. in this case, it didn't work out for them. <laughs> All right, give us your one then, Uris. Uh Yeah, I've actually gone with Michael Carter here because... the Jesus Jets has changed look... three or four times since... <laughs> you even yeah. got onto this call. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets look terrible, right? Um, but he was a bit of a a bright spot. For me, I started him in a league and he ended up... I, I lost Josh Jacobs, didn't have a lot of depth. So I had to throw in Michael Carter and he got me 10 points in a PPR league, which is not it's too bad. Want, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's what you're looking, hoping for in that like emergency situation. And I played him over a few other guys and he outscored them, so... I was pretty happy with that, and um, I think it's a good sign to see him sort of being the best of the running backs for the Jets in the second game, hopefully a sign of things to come, and, and good to see him involved in the passing game as well. Petey, give us your one, mate. Uh, mine was um, Fenton. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> what's his actual it's name? Not Fenton. Dimitrik. Dimitri, Dimitri Felton. 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 Or yeah, as you've like, put it on here, Demerit Felton. Demerit. <laughs> so yeah, got named, <laughs> named Demerit Felton. That's a good autocorrect from the phone. Um, <laughs> no, I think, yeah, he, he, that run he had was like, you know, terrific, that long TD. And I think I was basically thinking, oh, well, what was the guy that came out and, you know, gave us a bit of a shock and a surprise of his performance? It's definitely him this week. Um, gave himself a chance to, you know, push the coach for maybe at least give me two or three carries a game um, for the Browns who do love to run the ball a lot and I think that's even better for them that they have, have a you know that extra depth piece in their team there and it does, it does every year you see them give like one game they'll be like the Browns running back that I don't know what that guy's name was a few years ago he came out and he like you know popped off one long run and everyone's like oh this guy's going to be replaced Nick Chubb and um and Kareem Hunt, but yeah, I think he his weak performance was was fairly solid. Uh, honorable mention probably goes to you know there's some Kyle Pitts noise, but I think outside of a um, outside of Premium League, he probably weren't crazily happy with those numbers. But it was enough targets and and receptions there to be start to get excited about. I think he's just really need something to actually gel in that offense before they can, you know, be competitive. They're just not in games for long enough to really be scoring enough points to, or the chance of enough points for you to be happy with plugging him into your lineup at this point, I reckon. Yeah, fair. Um, just going back to old mate uh, Demerit, as you call him, Felton. Uh, Demetric. We're going to call him Demetric because it's the metric system, right? Um, just a bit of news on him. According to the coaching staff, uh, he's going to be on the field a little bit more because of uh, Landry going down. So he works kind of in the running back and wide receiver rooms, according to all of this uh, new stuff that we can see here. So Stefanski says he's probably going to be on the field. They're, they're happy with what he's done in the, the spring and summer. So you might see a, a bit of an uptick in, in what he can do. So, you know, it doesn't hurt his stock, right? 
Yeah, and Landry's gone to IR, hasn't he? Mm. So, yeah. Yep. So, so um, options there for them now, and uh, he showed enough that, you know what? We might uh, we might use him more. So yeah, look, he he got my one point as well, just because it was kind of out of the blue, and you know we always like these big plays from random guys. So um, we're going to stick with that. Two targets, two receptions, fifty-one yards, and a touchdown for all those. So uh, like to hear all of the stats. Uh, doesn't work in the in the return game as well. So they, they obviously show they want to want to use him, um, or they have faith in him anyway to to put him in the return game and chuck him on the field. So there we go. That's our Rookie of the Week. Um, as we all know, all of these Rookie of the Weeks will go to our Rookie of the Year total, which Hughes uh, has just made a nice little spreadsheet for us to keep track. So at the end of the year, we'll have our Rookie of the Year, and we'll send him whatever beer we liked the most if we can figure out his <laughs> home address, which I'm sure we'll have by the end of the year. So <laughs> I can't see a reason why we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah there's absolutely no reason why we wouldn't send him that beer. But uh, Just one beer, though, not one six-pack or one carton, just one single beer. <laughs> Got save on shipping. One beer in the mail. Congratulations, you were our rookie of the year. Signed some obscure Australian podcast. From the... It would cost more in bloody shipping than it would to buy the beer for sure. But yeah, look, good fun. Uh, we'll keep up, keep doing that every week. So keep an eye on it. Uh, but uh, this week we're going to sneak a little talking point here. We're doing the 2022 free agents that we're going to keep an eye on for the rest of this year. Uh, as stated before, that um, you know maybe you want to. Get these guys before they end up on a new team or try and ship them before they end up on that new team. Um, so, you know, different ways to attack these guys. Uh, a lot of people say that, you know, they if you're Adam Gase and you're a player under Adam Gase's coaching staff, that once you get into that new team, you're going to be a boomer. Um, so, yeah, look, let's make some decisions about these guys. Plenty of options here. Wide receiver, quarterback, tight end running back, we're obviously going to go through. Um, you know what, Pointer? Start us off on these wide receivers, mate. Who, who are you liking here out of this list? Oh, I think I'll just start. I just want to say to start with, it's it's sort of like how I look at this at times is um, it's not necessarily like when you look down this list, the top names are Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, right? Uh, I guess I'm really looking at, in my free agent analysis for the next season is like the guys that I'm thinking aren't going to change teams or I think have a chance of, you know, they're not going to get hang around. And is there an opportunity that they like how good of a position are they in now versus what the potential of their skill set could be moving to a better position in the next next season. So I think if you look like Alan Robinson, he's a key one, right? Is he going to actually, like, he came out last season and he didn't really want to stay in um in Chicago, right? So he's on the mm-hmm. he's on the tag this season. Uh, will he actually stay there next year? And if, if he doesn't stay, I mean, there's, there's potential upside with, Justin Fields there, but also potentially opportunity that he could improve a landing spot. Although he would be, you know, getting 29 years of age, a bit older, teams might not be um, willing to give him a long-term contract. But he could be looking out for one of those, you know, solid offenses that need a receiver that's really pushing for um, like Super Bowl contention, which is, I think something he would want to be going for. So I don't know. He's someone that I'd be keeping an eye on at least. I think. Opportunity-wise, can't get much worse at the moment than the quarterback plays had there, but it could improve with Justin Fields. So it's just a wait and see what happens with him. And I think just the, 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 with... Go on. I was going to say that my point that I look at here is like, is it is it an opportunity now to buy a guy that is either on a contract year that's going to looking to perform so we can get a contract with his team or a new club, and either buy them now before they perform this season or buy the guy now this season that. If he does leave when that 
team can't afford him that he goes to a better team next year and all of a sudden his value is improved right it's not always the big guns it's the little moves in dynasty that really uh add your value and help you can turn your team around um but if you want me to keep like some guys that i was looking at when i looked down the list that aren't the, the biggest names but also uh, probably ones that i think have opportunity to improve or maybe might not be stuck on the same team but have proven well it was like a zach pascal um mm-hmm. he sort of come out and, and performed fairly well so far so whether it's the team can re-sign him again next season um, probably with T.Y. Hilton looking to be a little bit older and probably a chance for him to leave and also Tim Patrick I think he's done really well for the Broncos mm-hmm. when called upon but hasn't necessarily been always had the opportunity to but with the names they have there to, to get on the field as much as maybe he would want and I think if there's an opportunity if a team comes knocking and says hey we want you to come play for us um, he's relatively cheap at the moment and someone that could definitely I would say very much oh, potentially double in price if he was to move to a good team and be in a position to be their wide receiver two or competing for their wide receiver one spot. Definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's the things you need to weigh up when you're looking at these guys. Um, let's just roll through a few of them here just so everyone knows who we're looking at. Um, as you said just before, Alan Robinson, Chris Goblin, Devontae Adams, uh, Will Fuller, Juju, Zach Pascal, Tim Patrick, uh, Rashad Higgins. We're just looking at the, the list on Spotrack here. Um, there's There's... What, probably a hundred other ones. Christian Kirk's another one. Cortland Sutton, uh, Chris Williams. Conley, yeah, Mike Williams. Uh, probably the biggest names here um, that are that are coming off contract. DJ Chark uh, is another one, mm. uh, and then of course Michael Gallup, um, Stanley Morgan. Those those real stud guys. <laughs> Cortland Sutton is. Uh, Trinity Benson. There's, there's like a list of 100 people here. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, they're not, not all going to be um, relevant in, in terms of fantasy. But yeah, you was, how do you kind of ta- target these guys, these free agents? What is what is your kind of uh, attitude towards how you approach either holding or trying to get slash sell these guys? I think um, one of the things that what Pete just said there, I'm almost maybe a little bit the opposite. Um it's a little bit scary sometimes as well trading for those players that are performed really well and you didn't really expect it from them. So let's say last year, Mike Davis comes in for the Panthers and he's just exceptional and he's on a contract year and he moves clubs and everyone thinks, you know, this is it. This is his chance. And he goes to a new system and it just doesn't look like he's fitting the system at all. And sometimes that can, you know, a player that looks really great because he's just in the right spot, but he's not the alpha in their team. Sometimes it can be a little bit worrying. Um, So sometimes I like to look the other way at who's leaving a team and a bit of addition by subtraction. If there's a guy playing really well as the second or third option in the team and their top options are a free agent, that's a huge opportunity for them. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to get in and buy that player so I'm looking at Will Fuller being a free agent he's only got that one year contract if he's sort of taking away from Jalen Waddle a bit and um, but not looking like just you know the world beater that he can be he's just looking okay and he's looking like moving on from Miami that sort of increases the Jalen Waddle stock to me like because not only is um, Jalen Waddle an up and coming good rookie obviously but um if he's losing that competition or willful that's a big 
a big pro so that that's the kind of thing that i'll be looking out for a yeah. little bit as well yeah i like it um obviously the the age of these players is going to come into a come on i suppose uh, be a target for me obviously if there's players that are kind of 28 29 and people want to take a shot on them landing at a new team uh, i'm going to sell yep these kind of guys that are like fringe wide receiver twos people are going to say oh okay they're going to move to a new team this year they're going to become wide receiver twos but they're 30 years old I'm going to try and cash in on that right like I'm not going to sit here and go oh nah look I'll hold him just in case he's good at his new club I'm just going to sell I'm going to sell for something younger and something more established because a 30 year old wide receiver going into a new offense altogether, new quarterback, takes time to build the chemistry with them again, right? They might only be there for a year, they might be there for two years, and then they're done, right? So I'm looking to, if they're pushing towards that that higher age, where they say that they're they're kind of almost past their prime, uh, like Tyrell Williams, for example, uh, 30 years old, obviously not a great example because he's been on IR at the moment, Uh, but if he comes back for Detroit, does spectacularly well yeah does anything really and someone goes oh geez yeah i might take a shot on him like okay yeah have him have have him you can have him for for fab yeah for fab yeah (laughs) yeah not a great example of the player but you know what i mean he's on a one-year contract four million dollars people are going to say oh maybe he won't be there again next year he'll go to a better situation he'll he'll be the the guy like a julio jones yeah 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 that's that's a good example right there's a couple of names in here then that maybe we'll look at. Christian Kirk's one. Yeah, Michael so Gallup. Christian Kirk is one that I would be moving him because he's in a high pass offense, right? He they if he goes to another team, the, the pass numbers are going to go down, surely, right? Like it's the Cardinals; they they love to throw the ball at the moment, right? If he goes to someone like Detroit, just for example, you're just gonna he's going to plummet off a cliff. So if he has a few good games in a row, someone comes and knocks knocks on your door and is willing to pay overs I'd be happy to happy to sell because um, you I never know where he's going to end up actually it's a good point there Chris you're looking at it like you're also looking at from, I'm looking at it from the other way of like what's a player on a team that doesn't do a lot of passing the ball well mm-hmm. and what player could go to a team like if you think about it Robert Woods did nothing um, with the Bills like yep. and then all of a sudden he goes to the Rams and he was a wide receiver one in fantasy right they're the type of players that you're sort of looking at well, who could improve and like I think if you look at it, there's one team that the Chiefs could do with another mm-hmm. wide receiver, right? And if you see, if you you're looking for a guy that potentially could go there, which is also, I guess, there's not many offenses around that there's opportunity for this for, but they're the sort of things are you waiting to see in terms of potential? And I'm looking at it from a real a a, a, a basement hunting sort of bargain level. Um, mm-hmm. You're not looking to buy. You're looking for these fringe NG roster guys that you're probably not going you know, to look to start on the team they're at, but like if a move happened, they could uh, increase in right. stock. Or... Like if Michael Gallup, right, everyone's sort of expecting him to move on from Dallas. Um, I think they might have even come out and said that he probably won't be back. Um, and everyone's sort of looking at, well, Michael Gallup's going to go somewhere and become the wide receiver one. He's in a high-volume offense, mm. um, and he's performed very well with two very good receivers next to him. Maybe he goes in, he's still the two on a team that doesn't pass as much, isn't quite as good, and he's just a complete disappointment. Mm. But also, 
they had to go cheaper there now to replace Gallup. Yep. And maybe they pick up someone like Zach Pascal or mm. Tim Patrick and they throw him in the team and all of a sudden, of a sudden that's a huge opportunity for that player, yeah. even though they're still the wide receiver three because they've yep. gone to this high-volume offense. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, there's a couple of ways you look at these free agents, right? Uh, you can either look at them as, as coming into the good situation or they're leaving the good situation. And it was a good example, and I spoke about this last week, um, with just drafting in general, right? So you had the Rondale Moore and who's the Baltimore receiver that was going rookie second round? Which Bateman. one was it? Bateman? Yeah, it was Bateman, was it? There was a toss-up between which one you prefer, Rondale Moore or Rashad Bateman. And it's like, well, which one goes to a place that passes the ball more? So you take the Rondale Moore over the Bateman, right? It's the same situation here. If there's a player that you think is already in a high pass offense and they're looking to sell him, then you should be looking to sell him too because he can't possibly go to a better situation. Like if Christian Kirk this year gets, you know, eight catches a game, do you really think he's going to be doing that, say, if he goes to Baltimore? I don't think so. So it's just something to watch over the year. It's not something you need to act on now. It's something to watch over the next kind of 14 weeks. What's their pass? What's their percentage of snaps that they're playing? What's their volume like? Do you think it could be better if they move somewhere else? It's not something that you can obviously make a decision on straight away because you don't know where they're going to land, but it's just something to keep an eye on for sure. But there's a couple of ways you can look at it. So it's good that we, we have all of these different uh, opinions. But, yeah, some players to look out for uh, in the running back fields. Let's, uh, let's, or actually, we'll go to quarterbacks. There's only a couple to talk about. Um, yeah, I think the running backs are the, is the probably the main ones. Less interesting than some of the other positions. Um, yeah, so quarterbacks, two main ones. Um, Big Ben, James Winston. James Winston didn't do any of uh, any harm that first week, but last week, holy crap, didn't he crash back, back down to earth? <laughs> it was the, the Winston of old. There was one of his interceptions that it was just like, mate, what are you doing? Just throwing it in the middle of nowhere. And there was five defenders around the ball. Any one of them could have taken it. Oh, man, it was average to watch. Um, was it as bad as uh, the Bears quarterback um, and his interception where he just threw it and the cameraman was like, have I missed something here? Because it's just gone straight to the defensive back standing still. I think the defensive back wasn't even guarding anyone. He just threw it to the other team. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, so Big Ben, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I suppose, isn't doing himself any harm at the moment. He's, he's playing really, really well. Um, and then you've got, obviously, these ageing quarterbacks like your Ryan Fitzpatrick's and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, as, as I don't know who wrote these on the show, Doc, uh, Big Ben and James Winston, the only two starting quarterbacks at the moment um, that have great interest oh, apart yeah, t- from Teddy B. So. I guess Teddy B's the three of them there. And I think the only one that Winston, do you really think that he could land in a better spot than New Orleans for fantasy? I don't think so. Uh, oh, option-wise, in terms of wide receivers that are on his team, would you say that they are world beaters? Apart from no, they're probably not world beaters, but he's got solid coach, uh, yeah, decent true. defense, and you know, elite running back. I think he's got the potential to be there. I don't think if he's going to leave, they might need a new another receiver, right? They could be someone in free agency if they re-sign him. You'd be I'd rather see Winston re-sign with the Saints and. Mm pick him up if he went somewhere else like that's I guess the thing you, you're hedging on right yeah yeah. like in the same way we said it before like, do we think that he can he can impress enough to keep this job or at least to, mm. and if he can't impress enough to keep it's probably a good time to sell I think um, it's a smart move on him but if he if you think that there's an opportunity that he can keep it and you know a little bit of improvement maybe he can 
be better. Um, there's no better place, I think, than the Saints. So it's, it's all about whether the Saints think they're going to go with him next year or not. And I think with a lot of these other quarterbacks that are in this free agency list, there's not many there that... Um, there's none that I think the Saints would be probably interested in bringing back apart from, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. But I don't, I think, I don't know whether they really would. Not Josh Rosen? I'm not sure. No, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like there's, there's no, there's no stud free agent quarterback that's, that potentially yeah. has a chance to hit the market. The Saints could be like, oh, we're going to go in on that guy and just, or whether they, they, maybe they are looking for a Deshaun Watson trade and they could become in the market for that. But I mean, yeah, they're yeah. not a, there's no competition in free agency to steal like to be like this guy's the guy we're just going to go with like to say that they look to say we're going to try and win with Jameis or we're going to hit the draft and yep. go for another quarterback there so I think he's definitely interested a big bet is like well if he can hold out this season he's probably going to be back at the Steelers next year um, they don't really they're held to a gun like you know down the barrel of a gun to him if he wants to play they don't really have a backup that is pushing him out the door right mm. so they're going to they're going to keep him in the room yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ben if he can't put it together for the rest of the year I can see him sit next to Abe Simpson next year in retirement so that, that's my uh, opinion on him but look there's another one here Tyra Taylor who's you know 32 years old playing for the Texans at the moment he isn't exactly doing anything terribly wrong apart from getting, getting injured yeah. um He's playing one game right. a season and then not doing anything or something. Yeah, no, I feel bad for the guy though. He doesn't actually. He, he never does anything wrong, which is he's, thing, a, right? he's a starting quarterback week one. Yeah, but you know, mm. if it's a, a one year filler, say for if New Orleans yeah. find that Jameis and Taysom aren't where they want to go next year, then Tyrod could find himself in a good spot in New Orleans, and they draft a guy or they look to twenty twenty three to draft a guy and just have a one year filler. But. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell with these quarterbacks, you know, especially the older ones like Big Ben. I mean, are you really expecting many more years out of him? He's he's got more nuts and bolts in him than a hardware store. That bloke. So, yeah, age of thirty nine point five. This thirty nine point five. I think the quarterbacks that moved around, like this, was a big off season for quarterback moving and changing to rookies and things like that. I I can't see many quarterbacks mm. moving this off season. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's move to running backs. There's a huge list here, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, of very, very interesting players, at least anyway. Um, who Pete's to put down these? a list of people here, right? So, And I'm going to preface this by saying I would not trade for any of these players. Yeah, good. And it's Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, Philip Lindsay, James Conner, and Ronald Jones. And it's just... They're... I mean, one, two, three of them have changed teams. Like, are coming off changing teams. Marlon Max coming off a major injury and lost his job. I think when um, when you see a running back that's that's not the dude, it's very unlikely that they're going to go somewhere and become the dude. It's it's really really unlikely that a team is going to try and get a running back from another team and that's been okay and find that they're suddenly a, an RB1. It just sort of doesn't happen. Seems like they come from rookies Apart from or in San Francisco. they're one and done. Yeah, yeah, San Francisco, it seems like every single one of their running backs is coming off contract this year. Yeah, that's why I popped them in because the, the thing that I noticed when I was looking down the list, I was like, oh, most it. Oh, Jeff Wilson. Oh, Jermichael Hasty. I see why now why they've drafted two running backs and not just one. So... I think this is a good sign for the rookies. Um, 
I don't know if it, if their play is a good sign for those from Trey <laughs> Sermon. Oh my goodness, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, I think if you put the touchdown back onto Elijah Mitchell's day, you, you're not so disappointed with it. He got 17 carries. Mm. They seem to like him. So I think at first I was sort of thinking, get whatever you can for him. This is a, a temporary thing. But now I'm actually starting to lean towards maybe this is sort of... I mean, it's always going to be a committee. It's never going to be one dude. But maybe this is going to be one of their main guys for a couple of years. Yeah, some of the things that I've just noticed as well, same same boat as the 49ers, is the, the Cardinals. Uh, Chase Evans and James Conner both off contract at the end of this year. Um, I could see them making a move, depending on how, how they go this year. Um, you know, if they push for a Super Bowl, like you know, some people are kind of predicting, then you might see something a, a bit different happen here. If they don't win a Super Bowl, you could see them signing a, a vet that could come in and, and do the job. Um, for them next year as they push towards that that Super Bowl is, you know. Um, or you could find that they're going to draft high for a running back so you can make plans around that. If I don't see them wanting James Conner back. He's done nothing at all, really. Um, Chase Edmonds, I just don't think he's the guy that they want. Um, or if if they do want him, they do, I don't know. It's, it's a strange one. He doesn't seem to fit the system, right? Every time they say, oh, it's Chase Evans' breakout or it's, you know, it's, it's his backfield this week, he just kind of puts up a stinker. So um, the Cardinals' backfield situation is definitely something to keep an eye on as it comes to next year's offseason because I think they're going to make a move if they don't go close this year. Yeah, that third one there, Moz, is, is the um, similar boat. Is all the Texans running backs are all mm. out as well. And they are all, <laughs> all old. 15 of them. Yeah, all, Mark Ingram, all, David and all worthy of being, like, a cent. And I think that's the cent. thing. <laughs> <laughs> what cent. Are, what are they going to? You can't trust the Texans at the moment. What are they going to do? They're going to bring back. What are they going to bring another four old guys that, from this list that we have here in to be their their running back committee? Or are they going to actually get some youth? Like the scary thing that I think is the strongest point to behind you was his thing at the start when he said, "Oh, I'm not interested in none of these guys to trade for or having them on even on my team." Is they're all past twenty five? Mm. Like there's not like I mean that's the way the contracts work, but like none of them are even. Marlon Mack looks to be the youngest, or Ronald Jones. The rest are all, all fairly old, right? Um, there's not that. There's not much meat left on the bone for even one. Like hoping for one good season out of them, I don't think. Um, yep. And they're all probably going to look to land in a committee spot. So I think there's it's a sell opportunity now if any of these guys sort of you know hit the ground running and <laughs> have anything left to give. I reckon. Yep, definitely. Um, I tell you what, looking at these contracts. I've never heard of some of these people. <laughs> uh, Mate, you don't go down the past the start. It's Markelius Sutton. Have you ever heard of him? Never heard of her. Never heard of her at all. It's uh, it's crazy how many players that are actually still floating around that just you've never heard of. Adrian Killens, like, who are you? Um, but yeah, look, it's definitely something to keep on eye throughout the year um, and then into next year as well. But, you know, if they're, if they're kind of performing well above expectation, it's a good, uh, good, good option to sell high or, you know, if they... Resign, then you've, you've kind of you've, you're laughing, I suppose. Like Christian Kirk's an option if he resigns next year, then you know he's still in a high a path volume. You can kind of look to, to trade for him, I guess. But different options for you here, so just a few names to think about. Um, should we talk tight ends? I think yeah. this is one of the most interesting lists. Yep, let's go. I do love a tight end, so we might as well talk <laughs> about it for a little while. Had to be done. Haven't done that all year, so. Yeah. All right, so list will yeah go on yours. You've you're excited about it. Off you go. 
Oh yeah, it's just it's pretty much just one rookie class, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you've got <laughs> OJ Howard, Evan Ingram, Dallas Goddard, Hayden Hurst, and uh, Rob Gronkowski. Not really sure why we've we've thrown him on the list because he's obviously just going to re-sign with Tom Brady and then retire. Um, so I think we know what's happening. You're pretty much just watching Gronk and watching Brady and seeing if you think they're going to retire. And but honestly, Gronk at the moment looks like he's a he's a league winner. League winning player. Yeah. Yeah. He could be the fantasy MVP, I think. Yep. Um, four Unless touchdowns. He shits the bed for the next, yeah, yeah, for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, he's a league winner at the moment. Yeah, there's a few others on the list. I think they're pretty much all from that one year, but there are, there are quite a lot of good names on this list, which indicates that it's going to be a lot of. Uh, could be a lot of moving, tight end movement. A lot of moving pieces, yeah. Like mm. You've got Robert Tunyon, you got. Maybe a bit more of a loose end. D- David and Joku, I was, I was looking for him because I was thinking it's all those guys. That Engram, Howard, and Joku was this super class of tight ends. And then you ended up with a, a few others in that same class as well. Mm. And none of them really ended up doing much at all. Um, Engram's been okay. Howard's been hardly used. And, uh, and Joku, same thing, right? And Joku, a bit the same. He's actually had a not terrible start to the year. Mm. Um, he's been quite involved for the Browns, which is yeah. Browns good, side got... have seen the highest percentage of pass catching. Yeah, so they've got three of them. Is the problem? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah. So go on. Oh, for me, this part is like tight end is an interesting sport to be like. I don't think you're looking for these bigger name. I mean, the players are performing well in their team to move to another team and, and maintain that. It doesn't sort of often translate for tight end like they if they're good on one team doesn't mean they're going to go to another team and be good but I think sometimes it, it, you're looking at it possibly the other way like an OJ Howard hasn't really performed well but he has all the talent set on the team and opportunity has sort of was sort of there for a bit then he had Cameron Brait was always with him and then now they brought in Gronk and it sort of disappeared but he's not performing could move to a team and I'm like you're not expecting crazy numbers but you're going to see an improvement right if he goes to a good team they're the player they're the ones that I'm looking at in this list like a Robert Tonyan he's been doing really well for Green Bay I'm not so excited if he moves to a different team that mm-hmm. he's going to be the same value he is now um, or even if anything like Kosicki, I yeah. think the opposite for what you just said there he could go to a better situation so I think yeah it's, it's looking for the guys that perhaps not looking for the the good guy that could move to another team and be better. It's looking for the the guy that's underperformed or been stuck, not used in the passing game as much as you, you'd expect that could move to another team that really needs a tight end. Because a lot of teams, when you look around, there's teams with stud tight ends and there's team, then there's a drop-off to teams with not very good tight ends. Or And some of these guys here are on teams with a lot of, like Njoku, uh, OJ Howard, um, now Hayden Hurst, are on teams with you know some good tight ends as well but they are also good themselves they could move um, and obviously have a fair amount of value gain there I think mm. yeah. you're really looking at a lot of these guys if if they were the only guy like Dallas got it when he's had no Zach Ertz he's been so good and OJ Howard did have this little period I was looking back and it was about 2018 I think where he was pretty exceptional like he was scoring double digits every week um, and then he just got hurt, and he's hasn't done anything since. They just sort of put Braid in, and Braid was good enough to keep him out of the game, and then Gronk took over 
from both of them. So, yeah, I think there's a few players in here that if they could just go to an offense where they get a big opportunity, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what that offense is. It might be well, someone Seattle like always the Jacks. Seattle look, look for a tight end, right? And they yeah. just haven't hit yet. But they've got um, like a two good receivers there. But yeah, may- maybe it's the Jags where there's not like a a clear number one receiver, but there is... Yeah, like that's why Kittle was so fantastic. That's why TJ Hawkinson is so fantastic this year, is that they're the guy in the offense, and and even Kelsey. Kelsey was the guy, and now it's it's sort of Hill and Kelsey, but he, they've got the quarterback to support that. Yeah, that's the thing so, with the high pass volume. Yeah. Um, if you if you can get one of these high end tight ends in a team where you know a lot of talent, and now they've got the situation where they're going to get some targets, it's it's a good opportunity for them. Yeah, so keep an eye out on these guys. Uh, take a big list, look at the list. There's a, a massive amount of players that are coming off contract at the end of this year. Um, hit up your Spo tracks or your um, whatever that other one is. Can't even remember what that other contract site is. Um, yeah, hit them up. Take a look at them. Hit them up. Keep an eye out on uh, on their performance this year, and obviously in the off season next year, see where they land. Go from there. We'll probably come back to this and see where they land and talk about all the new signings when when that happens in the off season. But uh, just a, a sneaky uh, little. Keep this in your mind that these players might be trying to play for a contract next year. So, uh, anything else, boys? Here, survivor oh, stuff. It's all happening. Yeah, that's pretty good. My, my just, wanted one, just wanted to say, um, golf to the Saints. That that's my golf to the Saints. Wow. Yeah, imagine that. Like, do you think that he's um, locked in for the locked in at the the Lions um, and the Saints probably would have James said, "Yeah, I might need a quarterback." Um, at the end of the year off season trade. Uh, you'd see something yeah, like that happen. I think he, he's a quarterback that is decent that a team might be like, oh, well, we could get something for him and draft. So they're going to be in a position to draft high, right? Draft a yep. young quarterback, moved off to... The, and the Saints might be the, the team looking Getting to buy for a quarterback like him. And I think, I mean, a quarterback like that could go really well in a Sean Payton offense. Yeah, I think right, Goff, well, is, that first. Goff has actually yeah. kind of proved a few haters wrong, hasn't he? He's... Uh, Everyone was like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Just, yeah. you know, McVeigh tells him what to do and he does it. But he's he hasn't a terrible ter- team and he hasn't no. looked that bad. He made Definitely a few bad decisions been the trying to catch up last week. But yeah. Oh, I think that's what happens when you fall behind, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the, 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 um, all of a sudden, you know, the Packers just dial up the pass rush and then there's no, like, conservativeness in the defense like they don't, mm. and put the pressure on him, right? But there's that's other that's quarterbacks like that too. Like um, yeah. Matt Ryan can't handle playing from behind. Yeah, like behind he's, yeah. he's dreadful. But um, when he's when he's in rhythm and he's and they're winning, he's he's like yeah. one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So or any quarter, like you look at the Super Bowl, um, Mahomes didn't play very well when he starts falling behind. You got to take a lot yeah. more risks, and then you make a mistake, mm. like, and then they make another mistake, and nothing looks good. But he definitely started really well, and I think that's where people have been like, oh, actually, you know, this guy can play and. I think we, we we talk about oh look how good Thingo is going in um, with the Rams with um, you know Timmy, <laughs> Timmy Snapback um, <laughs> and and then make it like oh Goff was terrible but maybe, I think they just McVeigh lost way with Goff and they just really didn't gel now they put another quarterback in set the offense up it starts well no one really has read it it'll wait and be a wait and see game to see where the teams start to figure out the Rams and how well they can perform after that. Yeah, similar to Carson Wentz, except Goff's actually looking half decent. <laughs> yes, agreed, hundred percent. All right, boys. Did you see the pass that Wentz nearly, Wentz nearly threw one of those passes? You're saying, Chris? He just like 
shoveled it and it nearly went to the Oh the yeah, no, it team. did go to the other team. Yeah, yeah they didn't, didn't get, get off. picked. Yeah. Oh. But they called him down or something. I can't remember what happened, but yeah, Oh it was absolutely it was an absolute atrocious play, like yeah. a coach killer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then he went out and didn't decide to just twist one ankle. <laughs> Dude, let's do <laughs> both. <laughs> if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it properly, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny stuff. Uh, all right. Let's let's get out of here. Uh, week three, get ready. Uh, if you need any advice on start sits trades, we still haven't received a trade in our uh, all of these people listening, and no one's doing any trades apparently. Hit us up. We'll um we'll talk about them on here and uh, grade the trade, I guess. But yeah, well, always a pleasure, boys. We'll uh, point you on for beer of the week next week, I think. So get ready for that. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hit us up on the socials, Insta, Facebook, Twitter. Do all that stuff. Ask some questions. Do some things. And Gerg, we miss you. Ha <laughs> <laughs>